Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to The Mentor. I'm Mark Boris. Now today I'm joined by an extraordinarily impressive young man. I've got to know him over the last few days. He's been helping me out on one of our intensive classes. His name is Jack Bloomfield. Jack has just turned 17, so he's still at school. And he has made more money in the millions we're talking about here with successful businesses than most kids I've ever known in my whole entire career. He's in the e-commerce and digital marketing industries. He's also started up his own online training courses to help others learn the tricks of the trade with running internet-based businesses. He's got lots of tips and tricks for the users, and he then educates other people on how to use those. I want to talk to him about how he found his passion to be in business when he was so young, how he managed to become successful. I also want to talk to him about why it's so important for young people to get into business and how you don't need to have a business degree to do it. And by the way, I then want to talk to him about what he thinks is wrong with the education system and what the hell is he going to do about it. So hang on, this is a ripper. Jack Bloomfield, welcome to The Mentor. Thanks so much, Mark. Awesome to be here. Mate, thank you very much for helping us out in the uh, intensive masterclass. That was fantastic and the audience loved you. It was so good. You know, I like for people who don't know this, if you're listening to this as part of our audience, I'm sitting across from a young man who's, uh, I think he's 17, mm-hmm. yeah. 17 yep. years of age. Um, he looks every part of 17. Um, uh, he looks every part of a teenager. Although he is pretty tall. He's pretty tall and he's sort of got a commanding sort of um, gait about him and demeanor about him. Um, he's uh, dressed in a black T-shirt, a blue Jacket, uh, pair of white strides, got the Don Johnson look going up with uh, <laughs> the sleeves up the up the arm. That's a pretty cool look. Yeah, uh, mum must mum sitting over there on the right hand side, um, close by. And yep. every time I've seen him, is either mum or dad's been close by, which yep. is a great thing to see. To be frank with you, um, it, not because he needs to be managed or monitored, but it's just great to see that family connection for with parents and kids. Mm. It's fantastic. And Jack is well beyond his years, and you'll see that from when you listen to him, or well, you won't see, but you'll hear about it today, how he's well beyond his years. But I want to talk to him about, I mean, I, I know this is a well-trodden story. I mean, everybody wants to know about it, but I want to know about it, and I want you, the audience, to hear about this. I want to know how the, I won't swear in front of you because you're only not 18, how the <laughs> hell does, mind you, kids swear a lot more than I do, but how the hell did Jack Bloomfield get to where he is today. I mean, I mean, are you still at school? Do you still go I to school? I still am, right? yes, at grade 12 still. You're, yeah. in, you're in grade yeah. 12, right. So you're doing HSC this year or whatever uh-huh. they call it. Yeah, these. so we do QCS in Queensland. Yeah, so, so yeah. similar, same, yeah, same, same deal. So, but how did you start up being a business person and from, and what age? Yeah, so the first business was technically at 12, but, you know, on my Instagram, I've got a video there of me at eight years old striding into dad's office and going, hey, dad, just come up with this, you know, brand new business. Can you interview me about it? So good on me, obviously just just eight years old, put my suit, put my tie on, um, sat there and declared that I'm going to start this new business. It's going to be 400 bucks. It was actually a transport business. So I figured out that Lynn Fox, T-Mac, Toll were my main competitors. I had business partners from school that I'd employed to work for me. I was going to make 400 bucks a year. I was going to have two planes and a couple of trucks and I was going to do packages. And it was just, it, it was, it was mind blowing. And we found it a couple of months ago, the video, and I just couldn't believe. It's sort of bizarre though. Yeah. Jack, it's bizarre. Like I know, it is. I know yeah. a kid who's nine or 10 um, and he's pretty good at school and stuff like that. So yeah. I mean, what, do you remember it? 
I vividly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So well, what was going through your head? Like, I mean, why did you think to yourself, well, was it a school project? I mean, how did that come about? Like, how is it an eight-year-old kid would think about, well, even never even heard a toll for a start? Yeah. I mean, I, how did you know this stuff? I, I, I don't know. I think my, <clears throat> I don't. I get the question quite a bit and it's like, well, is it genetics? Is it, was there something that triggered it? Was it a day at school? Was it, I don't know. It was, I think it definitely, a bit of it would have been genetics. Mum and dad owned their own and started 18 years ago, bought a tennis center, started from there. So started from scratch and, you know, seeing that hustle, that hard work, that drive. For me, starting a business and watching dad file papers and buy business cards and do all that sort of stuff, that was like fascinating. And my idea of a good Saturday was sitting down and trying to figure out how I can make a new logo and do what you could do in 2008 or whenever it was online. And for me, that was just fascinating. So I've always been moving in that direction. And the next logical thing was, well, how can I create something? And that's where everything came from. So, so do you, do you remember actually thinking to yourself, how can I create oh, something? Mate, I, one of the first overseas trips that we were lucky enough to go and went to Europe and um, one of the places we went was Monaco and like Monaco is an amazing place, you know, cars and, you know, nice houses, just everything. That casinos. Are, oh, casinos. Well, obviously I'm still, what, seven years old. So and any anything that a seven-year-old boy could dream of is there. And for me to walk around, because on the plane ride over, actually, I asked for the um, flight attendant for a piece of paper and a pen because I was sitting down, or actually I was standing, waiting for the toilet, and I figured, why doesn't someone create a seat for the aeroplane door? Why would you have to stand and wait for the toilet, which usually, you know, an economy is like an eight-person long line. Why not have the ability to sit? So I was sitting there, you know, spent the 12-hour flight doodling sketches on how I could do this door, and all the way through Monaco, I just could not get out of my head what am I going to call this thing and what's the name of my company going to be? And, you know, for a seven-year-old, there was Ferraris going around and everything that you could possibly want to look at. And that's all I was goddamn focused on. So then from there, it was like we just, we were carrying around a Samsonite bag. we just eaten at some other um, French restaurant. So I came up with the idea of the company named Samstonian. And then from there, it was just like I made the logo, I was sketching the logo on the way back. I was doing all that sort of stuff. And I think also, you know, having parents that do have their own business, it was less weird me coming up with all these business concepts and everything like that, but I guess you can never really get past the fact that I was still obviously just seven years old. Well, I've, I've got four sons and you know, I was always in business and I don't think anyone ever drew, grew, yeah. uh, drew a logo or even thought about it trying to solve a problem, particularly on an aeroplane. Maybe they should have travelled economy more. Um, <laughs> they, actually, they did. They always travelled economy, but I, I just went up the front, that's all, because um, <laughs> I didn't want to be around them. They will drive me mad. Um, but I, uh, but I never, I never experienced it. I, I, I don't. And then I'm because people, mm. people, when I hear this, I think, shit, did I do something that wasn't right in uh, my my children's uh, upbringing, or is your mum and dad have they done something that is um, brilliant? I, I think, I think that think there mom's was sitting over there. She's nodding her head. No, she's not. She, no, just, she, she doesn't she's, know. She's, she's shrugging her shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, th- I think there was one thing because from the very get go, it was always if you want anything in life, you got to work for it. If it was all, that someone taught you that. That was mum. Always, it was you want anything. We're not going to buy like first phone. Had to buy that myself. Pay for my phone. Everything has to be paid for by me. Um, you know, if you want to buy a car, first car would never be bought. It was said from the very start, if you want something nice in life, you're going to have to go out there and work for it. And for me, I figured out very early that, you know, owning, you know, earning, getting a job and earning $12 an hour isn't going to get me my Ferrari, isn't going to get me all the things that I want in life. And most importantly, isn't going to allow me to impact many people at all. So the next logical step was how can I know, learn something and then scale it to a level where it can actually make some money and then also have an impact on other people. So when did, when, when did that dawn on you? Um, well, I mean, it was, it was never, that's what I mean. So I started the first real business at 12. 12 yeah. And what that was, was that? So that was effectively, it came with a really good business idea. I was with mom and we had a birthday party that we were going to. And that birthday party, usually back in those days, you get gift cards if you had nothing else to give. So, um, we're walking around the shops and to get the gift card, you had to go to Big W, which is a department yep. store here in Australia. Um, Big W had to go get the gift card there. And then to get the greeting card, which you put the gift card in, had to go to the, um, post office or wherever they sell them there. And I figured, why? would you have to go to both places? And in some situations, you want to, if you want to mail the thing, you've got to go home, you've got to write in the card, you've got to think of a message, then you've got to go back to the post office, put it all up, put a stamp on it and send it. No one wants to do that. Why can't this thing be brought online? So I, you know, one of the things I was talking about mentor intensive yesterday was the website builder Wix. So Wix was around then, drag and drop builder. So literally I dragged and dropped, bought all the cards, um, took photos of them all, photoshopped the whole thing. You know, I was watching hours and hours of tutorials trying to figure this stuff out um, on my, you know, big Windows PC thing that was like the size of a brick. I'm um, trying to figure out how to do all this stuff and it finally came together. So 
that was where the first real one started. And I think it was just identifying a gap in the market. And the next logical step was, well, how can I fix this? And that's where it all came from. So are you a, are you, but are you a person who naturally is looking for efficiencies and solutions or yeah. are you just, or you're a doodler and you're looking through something and uh, like, you're just playing around, you're like, for example, the internet's up mm-hmm. and you're, and there's something of interest to you and you're, you go from this page to another, look, see another reference and you follow that down through and eventually you come up with an idea or you say, I've got a problem, I'm going to the internet, I'm going to solve it. Um, yeah, because I think that it, it's a bit of both of those because there's never been a, I, like, I've never had an experience now where I've seen something so glaring that I feel like I've got to go ahead and fix it, apart from the education system, which we'll talk about in a yep. bit. But, you know, everything else has been like, there's been a small, minute little issue I've kind of, as you said, followed the paper trail through, trying to figure out what's going on. And then eventually it led to somewhere. And then from there, it was like, well, okay, how can I adjust this? Because, you know, to make a bit of money online or to do anything that has impact, you don't have to reinvent the whole wheel. You've just got to make it better slightly. And I've always had that philosophy. And I mean, if I can make some industry better, if I can make someone's life better, if I can do something in any way to assist someone, then the only thing they need to give me back is, you know, a smile and a dollar note or whatever it takes. Because the more money you earn is... The more people you impact, times by the amount of it's greatness. a measurement. Exactly. Yeah. So, 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 therefore, you ask someone who's looking to build a better mousetrap. So you're always thinking this. So how can I make this better? Mm-hmm. I mean, if, and is it with everything? Or do you? I mean, do you walk down the street and you think to yourself, uh, you know, I could make these this set of traffic lights look better or work better, or you know, I could, I reckon, I could get people across the road better. I mean, is it is it like an obsession in your brain? Um. I think it's 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 one identifying that which I'm, I'm always looking for that sort of stuff. But it's as soon as I get onto an idea, I cannot get it out of my head. And most of the ideas that I come up with are pretty bad. But it's the fact that I can't get it actually out of my head that I'm always just immediately focused on making sure that you know, in like I sleep on it, I think about it. You know, I'm in class, I can't get it out of my head. So the idea just gets better and better, refined, and really comes to a point where okay, how can I take it from being an idea to something that actually you know can go to the market. Okay, so 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 you get, you sort of semi get obsessed by it. Exactly, or yeah. It, it occupies yeah. all your thoughts. And I think I think with anything, you know, you've got to have that level of obsession because especially if you're going to start something so young, or let's just say you're not even you say you're 45 years old and you have got kids, you don't have a lot of time on your hands. Which for a lot of people is the same. You've got to have that drive and that obsession. And that drive and obsession can't be taught. It's something that everyone has. You've just got to unlock it within yourself, and you've just got to find that thing. And you know, for me, it's everywhere around me. And for a lot of people, they have an area they're passionate about and that's their drive. That's the obsession, but you've just got to realize that. So tell me this. So like you, you, you get a, and, and how do you delineate, um, when you're obsessed by something, mm-hmm. um, you said it earlier, um, yeah. we don't have enough time. I mean, the, the, time is a limited commodity. It's a commodity, but it's limited. In fact, time doesn't even exist, but um, there is so much, so many packets of energy in you. Um, you can only um, operate in, in to a certain level for a certain amount of, for a certain length of time, mm. measured by traditional in traditional terms. So, how do you therefore you're trying to make something more efficient? How do you make yourself efficient? In other words, how do you stop yourself, or don't just stop yourself from just travelling down every single rabbit hole there is? And I uh, think, fuck, hang on, I've gone too far here. I've got to pull back, get back up to the top of the, get back up on earth and, and go down that one there. I mean, how do you do that? Because a lot of people I know who are like this tend to go down every single rabbit hole and they spend inordinate amounts of time trying to come up with a solution to the thing they've identified. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. They get extraordinarily frustrated. Everything else gets put to the side. Yep. Mm-hmm. Everything else gets forgotten. Yep. Everything else falls down. Yeah. yeah. So how do you manage that? Or is it, or you don't yeah. manage, you don't bother, it's, it's okay. That's, that's, a, that's a really good question because I think the more that I get in, you know, because I'm only 17 now, the more, you know, 20, 25, 30 as I go on, it's something that I do have to manage. Cause that's what I'm worried about. I mean, exactly, are you going to yeah. drive yourself mad, blow yourself up? Yeah. Um, I think that when, whenever I do come up with one idea, it's always, you know, everything else kind of just stands still and you go all in on that one idea. But how do you stop everything else falling apart, which is a great question. I think it's having self-awareness and I think no, no one can teach you self-awareness. It's just what you, you've got to evaluate every single decision. You know, I think you read, you make 35,000 decisions every single day. And I think if you can evaluate each one to the level of where's it going to get me and what's the outcome of each decision, then that's going to give you a really good idea because you'll end up, if you go for an idea for three months, it doesn't work. The only person who's going to tell you to stop or allow yourself to stop is you. 
So you've got to sit down, you've got to evaluate. And I think becoming very practical with exactly whatever idea you come up with or whatever you're doing. You know, if you start a business, give yourself an exit. You know, if after two months you haven't sold this or if after, you know, one month things aren't going your way, give yourself a chance, obviously, but always have that point where that that point where you're going to stop and you're going to move on to the next one. Or if it's not moving on to the next one, which is even better, pivot it, make it better and then go with that one. But you've still got to always have that, you know, look in two years time where it's really become a strain on my life, my you know, finances, my social life, my family life and everything like that. Then you do have to have that level of self-awareness to go, no, that's enough. Stop and move on. Okay. So I've been watching over the last couple of days and I'll just listen to that answer. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I wonder whether there would be any question I could ask you that you don't have an answer to. Well, then I probably wouldn't know the question then. <laughs> so, and it's interesting because my gut feeling is part of your strengths, one of your strengths, but also could end up becoming a weakness because most of our strengths end up being our weaknesses as well. But mm -hmm. one of your strengths in my assessment of you of the short time I've known you is that you are very good on your feet especially, I said this to you yesterday, especially for, for your age. Thank you. You, you, it doesn't matter what gets put in front of you. You, you have an authoritative sense about you and you are very persuasive in the way you execute and the way you speak it, your, your narrative. And you're a naturally good uh, storyteller and you're a naturally good narrator. They're, they're genetic things. They're, they're just things that you, and you've socially developed those as well. But you, you're extraordinarily confident in it because it's, it's, it gets you by. It's, it's your strength. You can work your way through any conversation. You'd be a good, very good barrister and you'd be a great, even greater politician um, with, with the greatest respect. I'm not saying that in yeah, a yeah. disrespectful way. Um, because at, at 17, you can, you'd be a great debater. I mean, I don't know if you've ever considered doing debating. or you've done, done debating. Yeah. yeah. Didn't even but you'd do be a great it. debater. Yeah. There's no money in it, so don't worry about it. Yeah. But the point being is you have this natural talent. Mike, and because you believe in yourself and you know that this works, you know, you can get yourself out of trouble yeah. just by saying what comes in your mind is I don't even know if you necessarily have a conscious thought about some of those things you just said to me in the past. It's just there. Yeah. It's just there. Mm -hmm. And you know, you you're very good at developing it as you go. Mm -hmm. You build it up as you go. You build your story up yeah. and, uh, it's your asset. Yeah. yeah it's just, it's a big asset. Question I have for you though, and it's a, it's a tough one as a 17 year old. And I can see your mum's feet moving over there in my peripheral vision. Um, <laughs> is uh, uh, how much of this do you naturally really believe in, and how much is this just real good fucking instincts of a kid who's got good experience and good instincts and be able to walk his way or talk his way through anything? Mm -hmm. How much? How much? What's the difference between the two? Do you ever consciously think about it, or is this just you acting naturally all the time? Um, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you now, the, the way that I communicate, the way that I speak, the way that I come across, it, it, it was never like this, you know, let's, let's, I'll give you, I'll give you a good example. And I know that if you turn to mum, she can agree with this. When I was, of course she's going to agree with This is even a story about her. When I was, you know, one, two, three, I wouldn't even leave her sight. I was literally like the most attached child that wouldn't, you know, didn't, didn't want to play with the other kids, didn't want to do anything, could not leave her sight. I remember one day she decided to go to the gym and I was maybe five or six um, and I would cling onto the car, not wanting her to go. And th there's been that level of, I don't know what's happened. I don't, because for, for me to go out there and do all this stuff by myself, for me to start my own businesses, for me to run my own companies, there's had to be that level of a shift and a change from, you know, being reliant on everyone else to start relying on yourself because, you know, you, you are the only person that's going to tell you to stop, go walk this way. And at the end of the day, you're the only person who's going to have success because, you know, if you win a million dollars, everyone else will go yay for the first week, but it's you that's got to live with yourself. It's you that's got to be comfortable with whatever you're saying. So I've always from day dot tried to refine my message, refine my story, because I know that from whatever answer I give you, from whatever answer I give someone on the street who asks me a question, it's really that, you know, if, if I can refine it well enough, that that could actually change someone's life. So that, could, that could actually be the pivoting point where someone who's, you know, had zero self-belief, has zero confidence in themselves, see someone so young doing so much, and that's that point, that turning point, that where they do the 180 and they go, hey, you know, if he can do it, so can I. And I believe if I can keep pushing that message, if I can keep showing people, you know, you don't have to be... 32 to own a company. You don't have to be a 25 year old debater or a barrister to speak well. 
I think if I can keep pushing all areas of everything like that, then that's one of the greatest accomplishments that I and I guess anyone could ever feel or achieve. Uh, well, that, and that's, I mean, as is my son yesterday when he was up there interviewing you and um and others, Jen and and I, uh, Adam, um, he would have said to you, "That's a great answer." And I think you are. Is there anything that I could ask you that you would feel uncomfortable with? Mm. Yeah, that, that's that's a. I'm in relation to business. I'm talking. About. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't. Not a not a hundred percent. I think. I think also. Well, where you, where do you think you're weak? Uh, good question. Um, I think I think probably I wouldn't say experience, but I'd say experience in you know instinct because instincts taught over time. You know, for you, you've had you know decades of experience in business. I've only had you know four or five, and only the last you know year has been really with successful people who have got themselves somewhere in life. And that's not even you know not not even the top rungs of anything. It's still you know mediocre levels. So. I mean, ha- having instinct and experience is something that I and no one my age could ever get and without time. So I think that I don't have time on my side. And the only way that I'm going to continue to build up my asset bank of re- responses to answers and everything, my, my personal beliefs and things that I want to talk about, things that I believe in and things that I genuinely want to communicate to people, that's something to be built up by time. And I think that, you know, you can't learn that. You can't you can't give someone a playbook and teach them everything you know. It, the only thing that's lifting from that is experience, and you've just got to be there. How do you respond to pressure? Um, I think thing it always or that, discomfort and pressure. Disc- yeah, I look, I from from whatever I've done from a very young age, it's always been very, very, very methodical. Like if I'm about to make a decision on something, where it's about a fifty-fifty, going crap, I don't know what I want to do. It's got positives, it's got negatives in both ways. Especially in business, this happened all the time. Um, yeah, you know, you've got to literally write the thing down, write the pros and write the, I know it might seem simple. I know that it's probably pretty basic, but it's always, you know, pressure is something that you put on yourself. No one else puts pressure on you because the level of pressure that you feel is directly corresponded to your relationship with pressure. So if you can, you know, I like to talk about the shit tank where, you know, if you can take less pressure off yourself in your personal life, at your job, and especially if you are trying to work on a side hustle, you've only got so many shits that you can give in one day. You've got a tank. So, I mean, the more that you can dial back everything while still giving a shit, it's so important that you can then put, at the end of the day, more shits into the thing that's actually going to make a difference in your life. So, I think that's really important. That's what I've done. I've dialed everything back, and I've really only paid attention to things that actually matter and are actually going to get me somewhere in 5, 10, 15 years' time. It's blowing me away. You're 17. I can't fucking believe you know these answers. Like, uh, I mean, I, I keep getting in my head, they're great answers. It's, it's nearly like you've been so well-trained. And your mum, by the way, his mum's sitting here. She's not saying anything. She's just like, she doesn't give a shit. Like, she does give a shit, but she's just going with the flow. She doesn't speak. Yeah. She I mean, I met her the other night. She's, there's not much sort of, mum's not sort of trying to promote her son and she's not trying to, she doesn't jump in to have to save him about with anything. She just... Just she's just there, um, and it's sort of quite incredible. I, I, I mean, I I am tempted because that's my nature. Mm-hmm. I am tempted to try and pull you apart, um, but but I'm not going to because I don't I don't think that achieves anything. But not, and I don't think I, I don't necessarily think I probably could um, because you're not. I, I'm trying to work out whether you're just well rehearsed, and or are you extraordinarily gifted. And my gut feeling is you are probably the latter. I think yeah. you're gifted. Well, I'll, when we talk about extraordinary rehearsed and everything like that, I'll put everything into context because, you know, I've, I've only started doing the, you know, for, for me, last August, no one really knew who I was. I was just, I just did my thing. I did my business. I was in my bedroom just working, working my ass off. And, you know, the only people who I'd speak to were the kids at school, social life and family and friends. So answering questions like this was never, never even thought of. So it's gone from August I've only had, you know, seven or eight months of experience doing this sort of stuff. So, you know, for, for me to go ask, if you for go get mum to ask me one of these questions, she'd be going, why would you ask this? Why would you do this? She, she we, we don't talk about this stuff at home. So I, I think probably a lot of it would be instinct, but, you know, I've always been a big believer in self-education. So I read a lot of books, watch a lot of videos, listen to a lot of podcasts like these, always learning from people who I really not want to become like, but just taking bits and pieces that I like out of individuals and just adding them own into my own life. But you're a great example of, of yeah. your generation um, where 
that type of thing is what I did. But I, I took yeah. me a lifetime to do it. Um, you're you're doing things what well, your generation does things in two years. What's taken most of us thirty years to do. And I, I, to some extent, it's a sort of a bit like Moore's law. It's uh, uh, you know, your learning, your learning capacity, therefore, is ridiculously fast, like relative to other generations. People which is which, in, is which is ironic too, because I've never been very good at school. Never, you know, memorizing a script exactly the same as everyone else. So it's very, yeah, it's it, it's interesting because I, I was going to ask you: is, is school is, is school? Um, are you the same at school? Like, are you in the, um, are you like, uh, or is it, or could you be the same at school, but you just don't give a shit? What's your position with school relative to how you perform now? I, yeah, because school, school, I've always been a question. It's been always been a question mark on my mind because I've always seen, you know, incredible people do extraordinary things all through my life. You know, especially now with the internet, you know, I can listen, I can learn, I can, anyone from any background, from Africa, from anywhere can learn from the very best minds in the world through podcasts, through YouTube videos, interviews and everything like that. So I've always, always been listening to these people and then questioning at the same time, you know, with school, I'm learning from a school teacher who's had, you know, a four or five year degree, yet they're teaching me business at the same time. How, how does that never, never run a business before? How does that correlation, you know, work at all? So I've always been questioning, always been, you know, how can I get myself to that you know, next level? Cause I'm not getting it here. I'm not getting the experience required. I'm not meeting the people I need to meet. You know, your network is your net worth. Who can I meet that can take me to that next level? And it's always been, how do I get there? And I'm not getting it here. And the education system isn't teaching me the things that I need to know to start a business, to speak confidently, to get up on a stage in front of people, to go on a morning show, to, you know, have resilience, to find an idea, how to find your passion, how to have a good relationship. None of that stuff is taught. And I think it's a real big, you know, it's a real big black mark on the system because this stuff that really determines if you're going to have a good life, an average life or a really shitty life, none of it's taught to you. So you're just sent out as, I guess, like a robot, which doesn't really know that much anyway, into the real wide world. And it's just up to you to figure it out, which I think is pretty well, For poor. those people listening, what we just experienced now, what I just experienced was Jack Bloomfield actually um, leading the conversation into what he wants to talk about, which is about education. Mm. And uh, now, and and then he, for those of people who don't know, I, I saw what he was doing and it's, it's, it's quite good. It's quite clever. Very clever, actually. What you did there was you've turned the whole conversation around um, about – so, and it leads us to the next segment. We're going to take a break. But I think if you're listening to this and you're trying to get an insight into this kid, well, he's, in my view, he might be a, a child in terms of uh, – or a teenager in terms of um, chronological years, but he's, a, he's every part a man or, or a full-grown person intellectually and maturity-wise. He's managed to turn the conversation around me digging around and just poking him a little bit to actually putting it back on track to talk about what the fuck he wants to talk about. And that's about how he's changed the education or trying to change the education system. And he's led with the problem before he gives me the solution, before more importantly tells you the solution because this is promoting his business. And, and by the way, that's what this show's about. That's what this show's about. So I didn't even have to ask him the question. He just told you what it is you need to hear about. So... And that's how good businesses are run. The proprietor or the person behind it understands in advance what he or she wants out of the discussion or out of the, the highlight, which is what we're doing. And if it gets off track, there's not enough time in the day to get off track. It doesn't matter what I'm interested in. A smart person will make sure they only discuss what they're interested in. And he's just done that. So we're going to go to the break, we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about his solution to the problem he's already raised. There we go. Looking forward to it. Let's go. Okay, we're back with Jack Bloomfield. Um, Jack actually was very cl- had very cleverly... Uh, redirected the whole conversation into um, the problem that he is solving. But I will get Jack to talk a little bit more uh, at length about the problem he's solving because he, I know that he's serious about the problem. He understands the problem. He's been working on researching the problem for a long time. What's the problem with the education system, mate? 
Mate, I think that for very clear about this, I've been talking about this quite a bit. It's that for kids like myself who, like just say, don't just want to start a business. You know, this isn't just for business people, kids in business who want to start something when they finish. That's not the issue. It's artists, it's musicians, it's every single person that, you know, for a university degree isn't required. So anyone else that isn't a, want to become a lawyer, a doctor, a psychologist, or anything like that, for every single other pop kid in their school system, which is probably about 30, 40, 70% or whatever you want to go with, there's a lot of kids in that. Yet for kids like myself, we feel like we're being pushed into a business degree. Yet if you really want to start a business now, you should be able to start a business now. If you want to become a musician, the only place that you're going to become a really, really crack hot musician is in the field, getting out there, meeting people, becoming a name for yourself. And yet no one, none of that is taught at school. You're not told to go out there and start something when you're young. You're told to wait. You're told to wait until you finish a degree. And then you're told maybe then after that you'll have maybe a PhD or maybe, you know, a ba- ba- um, bachelor in this, and then you can start. But for a lot of people, the drive there is lost. They've got commitments. They've got um, probably a house. They might even have rent to pay. Um, they've got car loans. They've got credit card debt. And the driver's gone. The driver's lost and you just become working for someone else for the next 20 years of your life. And I think for me, what drives me and a lot of other kids is regret. Like for me at 60 years old, to look back and go, hey, actually, I could have started that one thing when I was 17 years old, 16 years old. I had everything there to start it. Yet just someone told me no. No one gave me that option to actually go ahead and do it. I think if I can open doors for other kids to go ahead and give them the confidence to start something, it doesn't have to be a business. It can be following their passion, starting that YouTube channel, doing whatever they want to do that doesn't require a degree, then that's really powerful. And it's funny you should talk about this because I was only thinking about this the other day. It seems to me, and maybe I've been thinking about it a while too, it seems to me that, and I'm part of the university system, mm-hmm. both in terms of graduation and also where I teach. It seems to me that, University is an old school concept that, which used to get drummed into people like me and, and, and my, pre, my people who predated me, was, Mark, you can't do anything until you understand the theory. Then after you do the theory, you can then start to do the practice. Mm-hmm. So university is a place where you learn about theory. But you come out of university with all the theory but no skill because you don't know how to put it into practice. So when I came into university, my first degree, I had no idea how to do anything. And the v- very first task I was put was presented to me, I didn't know how to do it. And it took me a year to understand and become good at that task or that skill. When you're going to university and you need to become a doctor, you need to do this theory because the various um, associations that you need to be part of in order to practice as a doctor under legislation, which by the way is a legal fiction, but the legislation which is put in place by parliament in order to protect Australians and protect all consumers makes you be, do the theory first and then do some skills and then you become a doctor, registered doctor or a registered lawyer and you can actually practice and charge for it. Okay, that's a system. We're never going to break down that one. But if you go to university to become a, and you want to become a business person or you go to the university to do a management degree to work in, um, I don't know, work in wherever, or you want to set up a, new, a startup, et cetera. Well, university doesn't teach anything about that. And there's no point learning theory about that shit. You actually got to learn skills. So therefore, there's no point going to university at all. And there's no point probably doing all the subjects you're doing at school at all because they're geared towards getting you into university. There's no skills that come out of the subject at school. So we've got skills versus theory. And I think what you're saying to me, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong or if there's some amendment you'd like to make to this. Schools, the education system today uh, relies too heavily on theory Mm -hmm. and doesn't give us enough skills. And therefore, we don't have skills. We can't run a business. We can't do anything. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that as soon as you're thrust into a situation where let's say you start something, you're, you're forced to learn everything about anything. Yet, if you're just in a comfortable environment in a classroom of which they teach you one little bit at a time, which even if they teach you one little bit, you still don't learn the whole pie. The only way that you're actually going to learn is by being there. And I mean, if you can have one year of experience versus five years of experience running a business, you're going to be a thousand times better at running that business. Get the average degree, you know, it takes four or five years to do. You're effectively then getting a four or five year jump on every single other person. You've learned every single thing required to start a business and run one because if you don't learn it, the whole thing's going to fall apart. So imagine if you were to go out there, actually start and learn in the real world because if you don't learn quick enough, your business is going to fail. The market's going to tell you crap and everything else is going to fall 
fall below you. So if you were to go out there, start that thing and learn in the world, I think that would be an increase what I've done. It's what I've been doing for the last couple of years and what I've learned and advanced myself in so many different areas that I never would have learned in the traditional education system. That is so, so, so powerful. So what you were saying to me though, and I think part of it also is the old school structure of university. Mm. So I'll be honest with you, university is a lazy environment. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, correct. Yeah. You know, that you go to university for three or five years, depending what degree you do, you, you don't attend 40, 50 hours a week. Yep. Um, you get holidays for most of the, most of the Christmas period. Mm. That's nearly all of November, right through the end of February. You have a holiday in September. You have another holiday in June. You have another holiday at Easter. Um, and that, what drives all that and why that won't, will never change is because the, the employees at those institutions also take those holidays mm-hmm. and they're not going to change mm-hmm. because that's part of their job. They actually don't get paid as much money as they would do if they could get it, make it out in the, out in the, the sort of the, the physical commercial world, but they trade it off in terms of lifestyle. So there's this structure that exists in the education institutional, in institutions, education institutions, which is never going to change unless somebody actually comes and gives it a good rattle. Exactly. Why would they change what's already working for them? It, works, well, it doesn't yeah. work for the students. Oh, it, it doesn't work for them, but it works for the guys working it there. It works for the yeah. people running it. Exactly. And yeah. uh, and to some extent, it's sort of unionized by academics. Yeah. And I mean, I'm always saying, for example, when I, when I my very first degree, I, I, this is a very interesting thing for me anyway. Mm-hmm. It might be boring for everyone who's fucking listening, but anyway. Um, I was told to do a subject called a humanities subject because they didn't want students, I was doing a commerce law degree, they didn't want students coming out of university just understanding um, the economic stuff, which is all pretty black and white mm-hmm. and binary, and, and or they didn't want or students just coming understanding, they know how to do legal research or a whole lot of stuff um, around you know, reading cases and interpreting them and the legislation. They made us do a subject called humanities subject, and one of the subjects I had to do was called uh, Women in Society. And I actually had no idea why I was doing the subject. I was just, why am I doing this? And how to read a book called Damned Whores and God's Police, written by Ann Summers, Dr. Ann Summers, who actually, I thought at the time, why has she, she written this book? Why am I being made to read it? And what relevance has it got to me, got for me? And I actually got to meet Ann many, many years later when she was a trustee at the powerhouse with me. And she's a lovely lady, but I must say, what I, I didn't have a great opinion of her when I read a book. And it was, a, it was about female rights. I think the university system is so infected with everybody trying to build generalists mm-hmm. out of the university that it's become irrelevant. Yeah. It's irrelevant. And there are people making decisions about what means it, what a generalist is. So they're saying, uh, Jack, you should know about female rights and diversity and all those sorts of things, but inclusiveness, great. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is what you're going to learn and this is what you're going to read and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to examine you on it. That to me... And, I, and I'm, by the way, I'm not going to overload you because, you know, that we don't want to, to kill you guys. We're only going to give you maybe 12 hours a week. Mm-hmm. So we're, I'm just looking over at Lockheed. How many hours a week do you do? You're doing a law degree, a, a double degree. What do you do? How many? Yeah. 36 so, hours. No you but you could, but you, you yeah, that's, so what a nonsense. So which means that, uh, and also you can, you should, they should be able to fast track it. You should be able to work the whole year. Mm-hmm. You should be able to do, never have Christmas breaks, never have Easter breaks, never have September breaks. Mm-hmm. And therefore, you get through a five-year degree in two years. That's what you should be. That's what should be happening. And that system's broken, but it's never going to change. So perfect for disruption. So what are you going to do about it? Yeah, that's the question. What are you going to do about it? That's the question. Because there's one thing sitting there on your high horse, whinging about it and going, oh, it's broken, da-da-da-da-da. It's another thing actually presenting something to help change it. So, I mean, I'm working on something really incredible now where you know, if I can go ahead and compile, well, you'll be the first to know about it. They'll come back on here. We'll tell everyone about it. But I mean, if I can, well, let's, if, hang on, let's put together oh, that writing. We're going to be yeah, breaking yeah. news. <laughs> I mean, if if I can, if I can compile, you know, some real world knowledge, because you know, in university and let's say high school, for example, you're learning from people. I think I said this earlier. You're learning from people who have a teaching degree who, you know, all their life have become teachers and their job is to teach you about subjects that they've spent a couple of months on learning. You don't learn how to run a business in a couple of months of, I don't even know if they do business studies in when they do a teaching degree. So trying to teach that, it, it's incredible. And, you know, become a music teacher, you turn how to play 
music, but you not learned how to make a career out of it. You not learned how to make that your passion for the rest of your life. You not learned exactly how to build a relationship, how to keep a relationship, how to have a great marriage. None of that stuff is taught. So if I can go ahead and build a program where people who have excelled in every single field of anything that anyone could want to go ahead and do, if you could learn from them directly instead of having to rely on, you know, a teacher who's just been taught to be a teacher or your old uncle who just happens to be a businessman, because who, who do you turn to? If you're a, if you want to become a businessman when you're older, you want to become a, you know, a, a leader in something, you know, you have a passion, you know that when you're 17, you go, how the hell do I get there? Who are you going to ask? Because a lot of your family members don't follow the same passion as you. And nine times out of 10, you're going to be told that you can't do it. So well, they've got no skills. In that exactly. Regard. Got no skills. Or he's going to give you some dodgy advice that you think is right because you respect him, which is well enough. And you go ahead and you follow that. And you'll regret that for the rest of your life. And so you're, you're looking at disrupting the education exactly, system. Exactly. Yeah. So at, at school level or at university level, where are we talking I think, about first? I think, I think building a platform which is open for everyone. And I think that if we can, you know, especially start at high school where you do, you don't not going to force anyone to do it. If you feel like this is something you want to take a different route. If you want to become a doctor, want to become a lawyer, there's systems and processes there for you already. You can go talk to your, you know, your school um, career advisor about that. They're great at that. They'll tell you how to become a doctor properly. But if you want to become all this, new stuff because with the internet now everything has been opened up there are so many new careers that you know 10 years ago did never even exist and every single year there's new jobs new careers and there's a hell of a lot of money to like be a made. social media expert oh like a social let's say social media influencer yeah. like how would a career advisor it's been a career advisor now for 20 30 years how would they know about social media they're a 60 year old dude they don't even know how Probably to do not it. even on social they don't media. even know yeah they don't even do social media themselves so who do you turn to why not turn to someone who's done incredibly well in the social media space and learn from them directly? So, and, 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 and we're talking about this in um, – and I, the other thing I think too is people's attention span to sitting in a class for an hour oh, yeah. is, doesn't exist. Um, it, you need to break the hour up into maybe you know five lots of ten minutes or something like that, or four lots of ten minutes. Yeah, because people do everything in bite size now. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I mean, if you can change the system without actually having to try, you know, lobby these people, you know, lobby lobby the guys at university who's they're happy to sit there and have all these holidays and do all that sort of stuff. That, that that's going to be really hard to change. But if you can provide an alternate which is, isn't, you know, an alternate university, but it's another way. Instead of, you know, going to university or getting a trade or not going anywhere at all, instead of not going anywhere at all, you're actually learning from people and you're not just, it's, it's a valuable skill set. And we've spoken about this earlier in the podcast. It's building your asset base. Who do you know? And who knows you is also really important. And if you can learn from the very best minds in the world, learn what they know, bring that onto yourself, you become an absolute powerhouse without having to go anywhere. Do you think though that... um like parents are going to say, let's say their son or the daughter decides to um, adopt this mm-hmm. and go down this route. Mm-hmm. Is it going to be done in conjunction with the with the or the usual school systems? Because you wouldn't look at it as an alternative in the beginning, would yeah, you? Yeah, no. And I think to, for, for it to be a genuine alternative, it's got to have everything there. And that's a co- statement that I probably wouldn't be confident making now. So I think that if you, it's, it's, like, it's like a third wave. It's like a third layer to the education system. Instead it's an going, adjunctive thing. It's an adjunctive thing. And yeah. it's, it's, an, it's an optional thing where it, you've, you've got to have a bit of driving. You, you've got to not just drive, but just have that, you just have the idea that, hey, actually, I want to try something different. You know, what everyone's telling me to do now this isn't, this isn't what I want to do. And I think if we can open that up, not just to high school kids, cater it to them, make it accessible for everyone. But the best thing is to like, you know, even if you want to make a social media influencer, you want to do what I do, sell stuff online. The internet does not discriminate. Doesn't matter what degree you have. You know, I just saw recently on CNBC that Apple and Google no longer require degrees, degrees for their jobs. Like that's, it's phenomenal. It's never before seen. What they rely on now is skill sets, assets, how confident you are, how well you can speak, you can articulate, you can get ideas across, you can convince people. And if you can learn from the very best minds, build your asset bases up in that way, that's what employers are looking for. No one's looking for a piece of paper because everyone these days, most people has a piece of paper. So how else do you distinguish an employee that's trying they, to get well, a job. They, are looking, they may look, still look for proof, though. They do, yes, yeah, but, so, but they're looking for and, more because ha- everyone's got one now. Right, yeah. so correct. So, like, I know uh, university students, uh, kids who got university degrees, and they're going to get a second one. Yeah. Um, and but they still can't get the job. Mm-hmm. Um, but, they, but they've got no exposure to anybody. They yep. don't have any followers. Nobody's being influenced by them. Mm-hmm. They're not writing up anything that's uh, relatively important or interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so what you're saying is this is, to me, 
in the beginning, this is something that is adjunctive to the education system, mm-hmm. maybe not necessarily replace it, but over time, if it gets, um, if there is some way of it having some accreditation process, you know, in other words, generally accepted yeah, in a formal sense, it that'll will be, disrupt. That'll be dis- that, dis- I don't even think disrupt even covers the word of what it would do. It would turn, it would, it'd turn everything on its, on its head completely. And I mean, for a, for anyone to go ahead and have that level of impact and change the whole system together, one that I've been in now for, you know, 12 years, that's absolutely incredible. And I think, yeah, cause the, the internet now, as I know I've speaking to you earlier before, is that the best part is it does not discriminate. It doesn't matter if, you know, you've lost your leg, you know, you're a, a mom with two kids. It, it, no one, no one cares, especially if you're selling a product online. People don't care about your background. They don't care about your skill set. They don't care what you look like. All they care about is if they can get something for a great price, great quality. And that's just one example of what doors the internet has unlocked, yet no one's teaching this stuff. And no one's teaching life skills. No one's teaching everything else that we need to know to have a successful, not just career, but life in general. Like, just imagine that. Yeah, no, and I, I, I am imagining that. And uh, and, I, and I quite like the idea of it um, sort of sneaking up on the education system because, I mean, I, I, I can't stand authority and systems that tell that are invented by people to tell you that's the only way it should, can be done. Mm. Um, so what you're proposing is sort of to sneak up on the system. Yeah. I would like to know though, <laughs> and our listeners would like to know too, what are you, that's your, that's your dream. That's your vision. Yep. That's your thing. What, what are you doing? What it. What are your current businesses though? Yeah. Explain sure. what they are now. Yeah. So we spoke about earlier, you know, how I got started the whole gift card business and how that all developed and everything like that. So that was at 12. I did that for, you know, a year, you know, I learned a lot of shit, a ton about running a business marketing for a 12 year old. That's a pretty wild experience. I ran about four, tried different businesses in between there. Um, different models, trying to figure out really what I wanted to do. Always had that hunger just to try something new. And then actually at 14, I was going through YouTube and I found, I came across this video when it was this kid talking about drop shipping. And at the start of the thing, I was like, what's he talking about? So it was a 10 minute video. I kept watching it and he seemed like he was doing really well for himself. And he was talking about this drop shipping model, e-commerce, how great it is, you know, phenomenal. So I thought, you know, I've had a bit of experience marketing. I've done a bit of this, done a bit of that. Why don't I go ahead and try it myself? You know, still possibly can't be that bad. So got into it, um, spent hundreds of hours trying to figure out how the whole thing worked. Didn't really understand. But as soon as I realized that all the tools that I required were there, I didn't get a program, didn't get a course. So obviously for any business, it requires a level of shit. How do you go ahead and do this? And it's found out how accessible it was to anyone. So from there, you know, didn't really know what I was doing, set up my first store, got my first product, which was like a carbon fiber money holder or something and started selling those and didn't make any sales, moved on to the next product, made one or two sales there. How do you find your products? So all of them are through, I sourced them all through AliExpress. So all of them are straight from China. So the model that I actually use called drop shipping and why it was so great at the time was I didn't really have that much money to start. Didn't have the backing, only really had a bit of knowledge on, you know, didn't know how to code or computers or do any of that sort of stuff. Just had a bit of an interest. So I figured, um, why not figure out a way that instead of having to actually buy all this crap in from China, put it in the shed outside and try ship it all out like a normal e-commerce business would have to do. Could I keep it overseas? And I figured out that it, this model called drop shipping, where essentially I could make a sale through my Shopify store. So where I host my products, I get the money and then I go order it from someone in China. So there's a hundred thousand suppliers over there selling all different types of products you could possibly want, pay them the money. So let's say, for example, I sold it for 30 bucks. I pay them $8 or whatever they charge for the product and they send it directly to the guy that just bought it from my so site. So you don't have to set up a warehouse, hold inventory. No warehouse, no staffing, no nothing. It's all taken care of by everyone. All pay in advance. Pay in advance, none of that sort of yep. crap. So you can literally get started with, you know, you Shopify subscription, 40 bucks a month. All you need to go do is find some products on AliExpress. Whack so where do you find your products? Not, not so much where you yeah. source products. So what do you know? How do, what, how, how do you know what people want? Yeah, exactly. So I, the, the biggest tool is to go and actually see what people want now already. Mm. People aren't going to buy anything. Explain that what what you do though. Yes, exactly. It's quite clever. How do you find out what everybody's look, looking to hang out and buy? Yeah. Okay. So why not go directly to the source, which is Facebook? So Facebook is where I advertise all the stuff on just through Facebook ads. A lot of you probably would have seen, you know, a, a dropshipping product before. It's all about virality. And you would have seen it. You would have seen products. You can go to the comments if it's getting, you know, a comment every single minute, every single hour. Someone's spending money on that thing. There's someone on the other end of that promoting that product. And the only reason why people spend money is if they're making money back. And if that thing's getting heaps of comments, heaps of likes, heaps of shares, heaps of engagement, someone's spending money. So that means the product is selling. That means that there is a market for that product. So I'll go then go back to AliExpress, 
find that product on there, find a supplier that I can get from. Don't need to contact a supplier or anything. Just find it, then add it to my store and then go out back to Facebook and sell it on there. So, it's so, like, so you, do, do you, but Jack, do you use software to find out what is selling on Facebook or do you just troll through this stuff? Yeah, so I, I've now got a team of virtual assistants. So guys over in Philippines, hire them <laughs> all through Upwork.com. So they'll pay them five bucks an hour. It's a phenomenal rate over there. And they go through and they scan Facebook. They find all these products, write lists for me, and then I go through and do it. But for the average Joe trying to get started, which was me when I first got started, you can just go through Facebook and you, you would see them as well. Mm. Everyone sees them. You just got to screenshot it. You just got to think about it. You got to go to the comments, screenshot the comments. If it's getting engagement, getting likes, go out there and give it a crack. It'll cost you five bucks minimum a day for a Facebook ad. I'd only recommend spending seven to $8. And if you start getting some clicks, you start getting some likes, you start getting engagement on your own post. That means people clearly like something. No one likes or no one comments if they don't like it. So then you'll start getting some sales if you wait a couple of days and you can start scaling up from there. So it's really like, for me, I didn't have any money to get started. I know for a lot of people, they don't want to spend a thousand, hundred thousand dollars for a shop fit out. They don't want to have to employ staff that, you know, staff are a liability if you don't treat them right. You know, they got holidays and everything like that. I run it all through VAs. They source the products for me. They find them all on Facebook. And then I just set the store up. I go back to Facebook and sell it from there. So give me an example of some of the listeners because, you know, our listeners range in age. Give, yeah, of course. A couple of things you do sell. They Just give us yeah. a few examples. Okay. For, for example, so the whole model is obviously you don't tell everyone what you sell, but because obviously Facebook's bidding platform, more <laughs> people trying to sell the same product, price goes up. But for example, one of the products that I'm selling now, it's doing a couple thousand dollars a day. It's doing quite well, is a laptop desk. So you're in bed doing work, you're on a couch, you're sitting there with your laptop on your, you're fumbling away. It doesn't really work that well. So it's literally a plastic desk that goes over your knees and you can put your laptop up there. It's a comfortable height and you could type and work from there. It's those sort of products that you think, why the hell would that sell? Who the hell would buy it? But the wackier and the weirder it is, the more people they're going to share, more people are going to comment their friends. And that's called organic reach, meaning that you don't have to pay for someone to share or comment their friends. And if the chain goes on and on and on and on, you're only paying for that first person to see it. And anything else that happens from there is all free. Where'd you get it? That's what everybody wants to know. Oh, no, no, no I'm not, sorry. Someone put something up on their up on their Facebook and there's a photo of it. Yeah. Oh, where'd you get that thing? That looks cool. What is yes, that? Yes, exactly. So, yeah. yeah. So that's what you're relying on. Curiosity. Yes. Yeah. So, and how did, what stage in your, just that one, for yeah. example, the laptop desk or whatever you call it, <laughs> yeah. what stage did you find that? I mean, like how long did it take you to find, or did you have guys in the, people yeah. in the Philippines find for you? So when it goes, one of those guys in the Philippines found it. I've actually seen it before on my own personal feeds. So it's something that I personally could have found myself. So I I didn't need them to do it. Um, so I found that or they found it. They sent the link to me, the Facebook link. I checked out the engagement, looked at the comments. You know, this thing was getting a comment every 15 minutes by someone. You look at the comments and there's no crap comments. You know, no one's saying this product shit or anything like that. And if that works, then I mean, if someone, as I said, if someone's spending money on it, it's clearly something's there. There's a market for it. Why go out to AliExpress and just randomly pick products, poke a stick in the dark yeah, yeah. and go, God, I hope this thing sells. Just go see what's selling, stick it in your own store and sell it back to the market. So, and just give everybody a bit of indication, like, yeah, what are your sales? What are you doing in the year? Not on that particular product. Like, how's the business going? No, businesses, yeah, very, very, very well. I mean, one of the stores that I shut down in February was doing, you know, 16, 17,000 US dollars a day. This laptop desk, I guess to speak, is 7,000 US a day. So the laptop desk, the laptop desk is 7,000 $7, yeah. a day. Yes. I, I, put, I put it on my story. Um, a couple of, for goes wow. follow me on Instagram. It, it's, it's ridiculous. And I think the the thing that people don't understand is anyone can do it. It's, as I said before, the startup cost to get started in anything online, especially what I do, is very, very, very low. Skill set required is almost nothing. And that's why I've gone ahead and actually built a range of programs around what I do. So kind of like a step-by-step -step A to Z guide, because a lot of people don't have time to watch hundreds of hours of videos, trying to piece together all this conflicting information on what to do and what to get started with. So, I mean, if you are looking to spend, you know, a hundred thousand dollars on a university degree that goes for a couple of years and you know, you our graduate unemployment I saw the other day was at a record. It's ridiculous, the number on it. It's phenomenal. It's embarrassing. It's, it's yeah, it's, it's a shame. And if you can learn a life skill that not only can you sell a product online, but you can also take that skill of how to Facebook advertise and sell it to other businesses. So you're learning skills left, right, and center. You know how to contact Chinese suppliers. You know how to speak to them. You're building up your asset base. You know how to do Facebook ads. You know how to communicate a brand story. You know how to build a brand out of your own personal product, build consumer confidence, do all that sort of stuff. Like those are some phenomenal skills. And for me, my most expensive program is two grand. 
And for two grand, you're getting all that over 45 plus videos. And it's just, it's just absolutely mind blowing. It's wish that it's something that when I was getting started, I invested in just to learn from Thank someone. Thank God there wasn't anyone doing it because you wouldn't be doing it. Oh, exactly. Yeah. It's it's just it, in anything you do, doesn't matter if you want to do an e-commerce store, doesn't matter if you want to become a ballerina, just learn from someone who has experience, learn from someone especially who has the results that you want. Where are you going? What do you want? And if you see someone's there, figure out what they did. What do they do when they were getting started? And I mean, it comes back to the education idea. Mm. If I can provide a platform where people can, you know, captains of industry, like Elon Musk, for example, if they can talk about what they were doing when they were 17 years old, what they were thinking, what were some of their concerns? What did they want to do for the rest of their life? Like that's some really powerful, relatable stuff. And it kind of gives like a roadmap for anyone to follow. A hundred percent. So, uh, I mean, you would remember from yesterday we in the intensive, we talk, I talked to, it's, it's interesting you say that you actually have written down all the various steps mm -hmm. in your own business, in your yeah. own experiences. Yeah. But you've taken it one step further. Yeah. You've actually, you've actually video you're, you're yeah. videoed it, but you're now selling it. Mm -hmm. You're actually saying to people, well, look, this is, this is my process, my system, mm -hmm. this works yeah. for me. You're now, you've gone one step further. You've actually leveraged, leveraged it one step further. Yes. And to me... That's the ultimate business. Yeah. The ultimate business where you're making money, you're doing something really good, you, you write it down so, you know, it's, it's written down that you can't lose it, you take the risk away, and then actually then you do something with it and you leverage it, leverage it up again and make more money out of that very thing. So, you know, that saves you a whole lot of money from investing a whole lot of businesses. Mm -hmm. And that's, that is a big lesson. That's a massive lesson for everybody who's in business. Most yeah. people just go into business, they do what they do. We saw them sitting around there yesterday, sitting around, they've got great businesses, great systems. They haven't even written down the system. Mm -hmm. It's all sitting there up in the head. Yeah. They don't realize how to leverage it. I, I think it's also, it's 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 that, which is, yeah, but it's also another level as well, which is the feeling of actually giving back. And I mean, if you can teach someone what you do and they go and get results for themselves, which in this program, the results have been absolutely phenomenal, never expected it at all. It's one of the most rewarding feelings. And now when I got started with this whole thing, you know, even up to midway through last year, never even looked at doing an educational product. Couldn't just think who would ever want to do one of those. But as soon as everyone, you know, I went on to today's show and I got these messages, people asking, Hey, how do you do what you do? I want to learn from you, which I thought, oh, great. Okay. I can't do conference calls with you all. So how do I build a packageable product that I can give to you that you can watch in the comfort of your own home? And that's where it all got started. And it's just been developed from there. And the feeling of people getting results from education that you provide, and obviously you, Mark, would you know get it every single day. It's just an absolutely incredible, rewarding feeling. And it, it gives you that feeling you're doing something that doesn't just affect you. It affects every single other person who's on your train, in your car, and going towards a destination that you're all in the family. You're like a big, happy family, all going to the one destination of success together. Well, you say it was like me, but I have to be honest, when I was your age, I was a selfish bastard uh, <laughs> and I was only interested in, I wouldn't share anything with anybody, but I came, come from a different environment, I guess in those days too, it's, it's, the world was totally different to what it is today. And sharing was not a concept. Sharing is very much a concept today. Mm -hmm. Share a car, share, share a ride, share, we yeah. share everything today. Um, then we sh you shared nothing. You achieved something, you kept it, that's all mine. Yeah. And what you were actually trying to do was take some, some, part of someone else's. If you could, mm -hmm. that was my game. And I did that for a long time. I now do, I have a firm belief in paying it forward, which is what the mentor is all yeah. about, but it took me a long time to work that out now. Um, and, but it's, that's part of your generation sharing. Mm -hmm. And what you're doing now is you're leveraging that, that generational feel. Yeah. That sharing feel. <laughs> I would never have thought of that in my day. Um, as I said, I'd be trying to work out how I could steal it from you, you know, I mean, in a, in a in the nicest possible way, you know. Um, yeah. But that, and that's sort of everybody, and because you know where I grew up in 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 professional firms. Yep. Everyone was just knifing each other in the back the whole time, the whole time until you got to the top, became a partner. Then you're working out you can get rid of a partner so you can get a bigger share of the business. Mm -hmm. And that's 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 probably a massive generational change in a mindset of people like me in those days compared to people like you today. And and I and that's that's a great realization for me. Just sitting here listening to you talk about this, I've never really thought about it. But it's a great realization when you said you would ask Elon Musk what he was doing at seven and what he was thinking about at seventeen. I was just thinking to myself what I what I was thinking, and I was not thinking what you're thinking. And you're a great representation of your generation. Thank you, Jack's been fantastic. I really appreciate what you did for us intensive. It's been a great interview for me. Um, I learn from every single interview. I learn especially a lot from younger people. For me, younger people are the greatest source of knowledge that I can possibly get. Not books, not internet, nothing. Stop it. Younger yeah. people, seriously. Younger people, 
give me everything. I get all my learnings from younger people today. I got, I'm surrounded by them. No, you, I got a new yeah, rule. You are. Too, I don't want yeah. any old fucking bloke standing around or girl, woman in my business to help help me out. I only want young people around me. Yeah, because they are where it's at. <laughs> Jack Bloomfield, it's been a pleasure. I can't wait to hear you interview David Gonski. Mate, me too. It's going to be excellent. Thanks so much for having and me. If I can and help, let me know. Thank you, Mark. And also, just before we get ended as well, I just want to, you know, thank you because for you to give a platform to obviously someone so young, not just here on the podcast, but at the mentor intensive yesterday, it's as you said, it really speaks. You know, you say you surround yourself with young people, but it is, it's genuinely true and is a testament towards where you're going and what you're really trying to achieve, which is awesome. So thank you. Thanks very much. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.